Hello, my name is Carrie, and this is the Blanky Blog. I'm so glad we found each other. I hope I can communicate how unlikely it is that I am singing lullabies to you, or singing anything at all, in public. It seems to me that many of us have music scars. If I have to define it, you probably don't have any. Music scars, or worse, wounds, usually relate to performance. Pitiful or great performances. Judgment. You judged yourself or someone else judged you, and it wasn't pretty. You may have performance scars that have nothing to do with music. Maybe you would substitute sports, math, or art for music. Then you might find that you can relate. I had grown up singing all the time with my five siblings, my parents, the record player, the radio, the piano, joyfully competently singing. And then sixth grade happened, specifically sixth grade choir class. An upcoming solo, yes, as in singing all by yourself in front of an audience with parents and other scary people. Auditions. Mandatory auditions. It gets better. Mandatory auditions in front of the class. We were to prepare a song and deliver it in front of a bunch of critical terrified sixth graders who were desperate to at least not sound as bad as that one kid. I imagine those lucky kids who had nothing to lose because they'd always been told they couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. They probably had low expectations and weren't nervous. Looking back, I don't actually know that they weren't nervous. Maybe they were looking to redeem themselves musically. Some kids had evidently done musical theater on Broadway, judging by their confidence, judging by how they projected, judging by how they sounded. Wow! It was really not helpful to compare myself to them. Know what I mean? We had a new music teacher that year. She probably had no preconceived notions, I don't know. What I do think is that she did not understand about fragile sixth-grade girls who were the tallest in her grade and already felt weird and awkward, or who had sung solos before in second grade or whenever it was and had gone fine, but now this was sixth grade and everything was on the line and the worst possible thing was to feel embarrassed. Maybe she did understand, but was having an off day. I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. I think I was fine until everyone started talking about how terrified they were. I'm going to pass out. What if I throw up? I let them convince me that this was a very big deal indeed, and that this one song would influence social standing for the rest of my school career. Have you ever been terrified by your own imagination? It was my turn. My knees were quavering. I thought I might fall off the back row of the risers, but I did it. I sang through those nauseating butterflies. It may have sounded wobbly, but I knew I had hit all of the notes. What a relief. Not so fast. Carrie, just who do you think you are? I did not ask you to sing vibrato. Who do you think you are showing off like that? She was yelling at me for shaking out of pure terror, humiliating me because 
I don't know, because mandatory solo auditions are not difficult enough, I guess. The class was silent. Stunned, I think. I bet they were not feeling too good about their upcoming solos. Well, Carrie, what have you got to say for yourself? Uh, I was nervous. I don't even know how to sing vibrato. Then I bolted right off the back of the risers and out of the classroom. I didn't hear her reply, and I didn't care. I ran out and parked myself on the bench outside of the principal's office. The teacher did not come after me, nor did she ever acknowledge what had happened. Choir was the last class of the day, so I got on the bus as usual. No one said a word to me about it. I, uh, did not get that solo part. I didn't tell my parents this story until recently, I don't know why. I guess shame can make us secretive. I'm not even sure what I was ashamed of. I think I handled it pretty well. My mom was so great. She was so mad on my behalf, looking like she was ready to get into a boxing ring with that clueless teacher. Then she added it up in her head and looked sad. Is this why you were the only one of the kids who never tried out for musicals and who dropped out of chorus class? Uh, yep, this would be the main reason. When I remember this train wreck now, the negative emotion is removed. Before the healing occurred, I would have told this story with tears and a big lump in my throat. I no longer have regrets that this perceived embarrassment affected so much of my young life. I chose other fun and fascinating activities, and there was always music at home. I think it's more than a little ironic that I was devastated enough to fly out of that classroom, all because I sang, um, well? I don't think I have delusions about how well I do sing. I suppose millions of people can sing lullabies better than I can, but who else is willing to sing them to you? I am, which feels somewhat miraculous to me. This isn't a competition anyway, so I won't turn it into one. A remarkable thing about my music wounds is that they are, they are for the most part healed. Only faint scars remain. Do you want to know how I did that? It was with a simple set of techniques called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, originally developed by Gary Craig. Some people call it tapping. In my practice, I refer to it as prayerful tapping. Perhaps you heard my history with tapping in episode 20. Then in episode 21, I taught the simple process. EFT was particularly effective because this audition fiasco was a specific event. While it led to a generalized fear of singing in public for years and years and years, this incident had a well-defined start and finish. I could easily tune into the emotions decades later. Humiliation, 10 out of 10. Anger, 7 out of 10. Incredulity, 8 out of 10. Like, had this really happened? Who is this clueless? Confusion, 9 out of 10. Regret, 9 out of 10. Had I let her take that joy away for so many years? I can't even conjure up the hostility now. It's just that crazy thing that happened. It was no great loss to the music theater world. I was doing other things I loved. No use having regrets. It's 
kind of a dumb story, but I bet you understand. You can relate to holding on to embarrassment or anger. It can still rile you up. If you'd like to share your story with us, please visit Facebook or the blanky.blog website. If you tried tapping on your painful incident, let us know how that went. I'll post some of my favorite EFT resources with this episode on the website. I appreciate that you're listening. Every like, comment, or share is helpful to the podcast. And while I might not suffer abject terror singing the lullabies, your encouragement is definitely appreciated. I think it's useful to imagine all our negative emotions as energy disruptions in our bodies, which they literally are. This grudge, that betrayal, this abuse, that so-called failure, little and big feelings and stories that burden us and short-circuit our joy. EFT and other strategies use a little simple psychology and a lot of, you guessed it, tapping on points that are energetic crossroads. I encourage you to try EFT on your specific events that have stolen your joy or stifled your voice. Isn't it time to scab over those wounds and heal? Consider yourself tucked in. Did I mess up? Feel like a fool? Did I not practice the golden rule? I'd take it back, if but I could, to just erase it, you know I would. Did I deserve that rude abuse, replaying through my head and heart, but what's the use? My ready anger is ripe to fire. But retribution would make it worse. I feel frustrated. What's done is done. I cannot change the angry time and I feel dumb. Some future anger I can prevent. If I can neutralize the power of that event. I will not forget the past, but it doesn't have to keep hurting me.